Good morning, everybody. Welcome. Another week. Another opportunity. We have a double parsha this week, so we're going to go parsha smatis masay, and that brings us to page in the blue chumashim. Nine hundred. Nine hundred and. Nine hundred. Oh, nine hundred. Agol. Wow. Yeah, that jump. Yeah, what? Yeah, yes, what? Ah. Yeah. You don't mind going downstairs and telling whoever wants the, the share starting now. Thank you. So we're entering a very, a very um, wonderful topic over here. The topic of Nedorim and Shavuos, uh, vows, oaths, right, promises, which all in all just have, just reminds us to be careful with our um, with our words. Sam, if you don't want to give a homage to that lady that just came up. Thank you, Mula. To be careful with our words. Our words have a tremendous effect. Our words have a tremendous effect. We've spoken about this actually recently a lot. We have a big power with our words. And with our words, we can really even, we can create a reality in a certain way. What do I mean? So we said yesterday, we quoted the Ramak. That he writes, that he explains, he talks about Nochemish Gamzu. Right? Nochemish Gamzu was known. No matter what happened, what did he say? Gamzu, whatever, this is also for the best. Explains the Ramak. It's not merely that he was. Okay, he had a, he had a positive disposition. He had a, you know, he, he knew how to flow with the, roll with the punches. Whatever happened was for the best. No. By saying Gamzu Lataiva, by every situation, he gave a, a direction that that situation should take a more positive direction than, than maybe it would have. And when, we can be thrown into a situation, we can, we can decide either this is going to be negative or this is going to be positive. Right, we could be waiting by a red light, and we ju- we ju- or we just missed the light, just missed the light. You know, we're driving, it's a green streak, and we're flying down a bunch of blocks, and a red light right in front of my face. Come on. And I'm five minutes late to my meeting. Right? So the fact is you're five minutes late to your meeting, nothing's going to change. Right? But it's up to you to make that situation a positive one or a negative one. So you can take those five minutes and say, wow, I have five minutes to talk to Hashem. I have five minutes to learn a mission. I have five minutes to call someone and wish them I have to have a good day. I could do so much in those five minutes. I can finish a parak in five minutes. So that's how we approach life in general. And every situation we can do this. That was, that was what Nachum Gamza did. But by, when we say words out, when we, when we say words outward, as opposed to just thinking them, that has a, a very big influence on, our, on ourselves internally as well. When you say, when you, you know, it's one thing when you, you know, you think oh, I have to do this and I have to, you know, I have to buy him a present, but I have to, uh, I have to visit this person and I have to get this and I have to do that. You think in your head, you, it's one thing, but when you actually say in your, when, with your mouth, okay, tomorrow at five o'clock I'm going to visit this and this person, that already gives it a little bit more weight. So that's the, the entering here the parish of Nedorim, promises, vows. This is the thing that Hashem has commanded. Or he should swear an oath to establish a prohibition on himself when someone makes a nether. And I say that um, for whatever reason, 
and I'm just saying this for for um, as to give an example. I don't mean what I'm saying. Taste choice coffee. I don't. I, I'm not allowed to have taste choice coffee for a month. Person says, "Kind of malai taste choice coffee." Right. See. He shall not desecrate his word. According to whatever comes from his mouth, he shall do. Whatever comes out of his mouth, that, that's what he should do. So for a month, at least, unless he specified a time. But if he doesn't specify a time, then it's 30 days. For a month, he doesn't. He can't drink, take the church coffee. He has to go to Folgers. Anyone know what that is? No one knows what Folgers is anymore. Ah, the Folgers, for sure. Or taste tell, huh? You're famous for their commercials. Yeah, Maxwell House. Maxwell House is even better. <laughs> Maxwell House did the... They have the Agodas. I don't know what knocked them in the head to make Agodas, but that's what they did. Oh, yeah. It, it's, a, it's a household It's a household term, even. A Maxwell House Agoda. It's okay. When you say Maxwell House, like you, you, it's a certain understanding that comes along with it. Yeah, yeah. So the Torah introduced, if you look at note, the first note, Let's take a look what it says. The Torah introduces a chapter which, upon reflection, gives a person the right to do something that heretofore could only be done could be done only by God to create a new halachic status. That's that's what's going on over here. You have the power with your words to create a new halacha for yourself. For the whole world, taste of coffee is highly recommended, and for you, you're not allowed to. You 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 drink taste of coffee. Is it their rice? Like eating chaza. I don't know. Like eating the... You did it to yourself. By pronouncing the sort of vow or oath set forth in the passage, a person has given the power to invoke a nether, a vow or oath, thereby placing upon himself or others, or upon objects of his choice, a status equivalent to that of a commandment of the Torah. His ne- incredible thing. If you think about this for a second, we have the power to create a mitzvah. His nether is so strong that a person violating it can suffer the court-imposed penalty of lashes, malchus. Someone goes, goes back in his nether. It must be understood that there is no English equivalent for the word nether. For lack of anything closer, it is commonly translated as vow, a word that means a pledge to, to do something. A simple pledge, however, through a Jew must keep his word, is not the subject of this passage. The nether of the Torah's parlance is as follows. There are two categories of nether. One can prohibit to himself something that the Torah permits by saying, for example, the produce of such and such a country is forbidden to me for 30 days. One may obligate oneself to bring an optional offering. So this is, that's Isra. When we, if we meet someone, we'll do Hathars uh, Nadarim before Shoshana. So we'll have an understanding of all those terms. Koinam, Isr, Cherem, all that, all those terminologies are different terminologies of Nadarim. One may obligate oneself to bring an optional offering or to perform an optional commandment such as to contribute to a particular charity or to consecrate a particular animal as an offering, hektish. The nether under discussion in this passage is the first type, a voluntarily adopted prohibition with the exception of a vow to perform a commandment such as what what we said before, obligating oneself to bring a carbon. One cannot use a nether to require oneself to perform an act. For example, if someone were to declare, I make a nether to go to sleep on time, it is not binding under the terms of this passage. This is specifically prohibiting something on, 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 uh, on yourself or accepting to bring to bring something, to do right, something. I have a question. Yeah. To make a nether, mm-hmm. you need to say the word nether? Not necessarily. If you decide you don't drink coffee, it's like a nether. You have to make sure to say bli nether. That's not the same bli nether. So that's why we're careful. Huh? That's what they say all the time. Yeah, yeah. That's not the same bli nether. Meaning, whether it goes into this category is up for discussion, but that's what we're careful. Not We're careful to stay away from that. That we shouldn't go in to a situation where we bound, where we bound ourselves to something like that. The seventh topic of this passage is shvuah, an oath. By means of an oath, one may either prohibit oneself to requ- or, or require oneself to perform an act. Conceptually, there's a great difference between a nether and an oath. A nether changes the status of the object. For example, if I have made an apple forbidden to myself, the apple has the status of a forbidden food to me. 
Meaning for me, that apple is just like pig or um, anything non-kosher. And therefore, I may not enjoy the apple and enjoy it in contrast. Meaning it would go under the same isurim, right? Machalas asurus, there's a isur hano. You're not allowed to make any money off it. You can't sell it. Basa machalas. Trefus. So, yeah. Let's say you're selling apples daily, mm-hmm. right? You have a business with apples, and then you say you get you don't you don't appreciate the apples anymore. Whatever happens, you don't, you say about that. I'm not gonna eat the apple. I'm not gonna eat the apple. Or or this apple. Th- these apples are forbidden unto me. Yeah. Well, well no way. These apples are forbidden. Well, it's definitely. It's a different. That's a two different thing, right? Wait, how is it two different? Things? I'm not, I'm not gonna eat an apple. First of all, you have to see if that's if that would go under. The, it's like maybe the same thing as saying, "I'm not gonna go to sleep on time," which wouldn't work under this category. But if I'm saying I, these apples, koinomalai, these apples are forbidden unto me, then you wouldn't be able, You would have to give up your business for a month. Okay, that answer. Yeah. Even touching the apple. I mean, I don't know, touching one by mistake. If you're touching it for for what purpose? You're not allowed to gain get any gain. No monetary gain. You can't eat it. You can't. Okay. Um, in contrast, an oath places an obligation only on the person. For example, if I have sworn to eat an apple, there is a new obligation upon me, but not on the apple. But the halachic status of the apple itself is unchanged. Just to get a... Um... So Rashi HaMaltas, let's take a look at Rashi. Chola covered the Nesim. HaKadosh Baruch the Torah thereby have, gave a, uh, showed respect to the Nesim, to the leaders of the tribes of the Shvatim. L'lam Nutchila, to teach them these halachas first. V'achakach l'chol b'nei Yisrael, and then to teach them to the rest of the nation. U'minayin sha'af sha'ar adibritz kein. Amadlein rovi Yeshuva elav aren v'chol anesim ve'edo. We see that this was the system of how the Torah was taught, based on the, uh, from these psukim. That, uh, that this is the way the Torah was taught. The Nasim then to the rest of the of the nation. So why why are we specifically mentioning this detail that this is how the Torah was given over over here? Why? Because specifically this these the halachas of of. Um, um, of vows, of, of promises, of, of uh, taking things on yourself, to annul them. If someone made a promise, made a made a vow, to annul it, you have to go to a, a rabbi. You have to go to someone who knows, explain to him the situation, and based on that, he will decide um, whether or not to to annul it, if it's uh, if it's able to be annulled. And that's what we find before Shoshana, We make a bezdin, and we we request annulment of all, all our vows. But that can be done throughout the year. I've personally been involved in a few times where people made certain dharma on themselves, and they came, and they have to they have to tell you the reason, what changed, why don't they want to do it anymore, and based on that you decide whether whether it's um, um, permitted to them or not. Yeah, just one second. Okay. And if there's no one knowledgeable person, you take three people. Any anybody make a bezdin, and that's how that's what we do every shishon. Uh, no, no, no. Okay, Which vows? Marriage. Oh, first of all, you keep in mind that this is referring to a girl who's under twelve. Oh. Yeah. Once. No, that because we're talking about a. Yeah, where are we? No, I'm just wondering where it says. Like, I didn't realize. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. One second. Age Look, the isha kisidor neder laHashem veosr iser beveis avia bin ureha bin ureha when she's a naira between twelve and twelve and a half. Okay. 
Huh? Yeah, when she's between, between 12 and 12 and a half, yeah. No, number four. Huh? No. 15, 16, the same no, then she's her own person. No, but uh, kids, it's like until 12 years old. Kids until 40 kids. years old, also kids. Huh? Kids until 40 years old, sometimes also no, kids. No, now we call it like. Uh, <laughs> I guess it's like. A Teenagers. Teenagers. Yeah, Nahon, from a halakhic perspective, a girl at then already at the age of 12 and a half is already. Uh, she's a teenager. Meaning, in terms of even married. Uh, could do it, but that's if, if she's uh, if she's a convert. Yeah. If she's born, that, that doesn't help. But, um, but the at the right after the age of twelve, she meaning before twelve, right? Then the father marries her off. After that, she's accepting kedushin on her own. Before the age of between twelve, then then the father accepts the kedushin for her. He accepts that the, the he's better be there, he or her guardian, and they accept the ring or whatever it is, huh? Before twelve. Yeah, why not? Back then. Sure, be, technically, before or at the age of twelve, at the age of. You think if she doesn't want to, but her father has to make those decisions for her, for her. Well, I, I'm, I'm not. We're not. It's not about wanting or not wanting. It's it, it, when we, I'm talking specifically about the ability to that she, until that age, anything, not only marriage, it goes by her father. And after when she becomes a gedola, when she becomes a bageres, then she already does those transactions on her own. Um, yeah, but it was very, it's quite common. When little girls, they would, yeah, they would, marriage, uh, um, marriage, or they would, they would designate them for marriage to this and this person. The father would take care of, of course. Who, who has the daughter? Well, your your grandmother probably the same way. My great great grandmother engaged at nine years old. Anyone has their opinion? I just Papa's night, right? That's it. You know they say a couple came home. They told the son, Mazel Tov, you became a chos and you got engaged. He says, "Who's the girl? You want to know who the girl is? Also, get out of here." Now, <laughs> <laughs> so why are you asking questions, huh? But uh, yeah, so that's an item. Right, note number four goes into this. Right, when she makes a when she makes a um, a vow in her father's home, when she's under her father's jurisdiction. Um, then we said until now, right, that that that, that um, in order to annul a vow or a promise, in order to annul a vow or a promise, what do you need? You need to go to a mumchi. You need to go to a knowledgeable individual, and um, he has to annul it. But if a if a young girl who's still under her father's care does so. And her father hears it and he sees um, that this is not good. This what she said to her on herself is not good for her. If he was quiet, and if it, if her, he was quiet and he didn't say, didn't protest, whatever it is that she said, all of her all of her um, vows take effect. And every any prohibition that she takes on herself, she's bound by it. However, in Haini of Yoisabiyam Shomoy, called the Revestrash also on Ashla Yokum, that if her father protests, her father, if her father restrained her on the day of his hearing when he heard all her vows and prohibitions that she established upon herself, so they, they, they have no stance, they have no effect, and Hashem, and, see, and Hashem will forgive us. Even if she tells her father, what do you mean? But I promised, he says, don't worry, I took that away, and you know, God will forgive you for, whatever, for, for all that. Hashem is why? Haini of for her father had restrained her. And the same applies. When, when a lady gets married, she already gets married with already vows upon her. Or something that she said out of her lips. 
Asher Osr al Nafsha, by which she had for, prohibited something upon herself. The Shoma Isha, Biyoim Shomoi. And when her, her husband heard about it, if on the day that he heard it, he was quiet, so then it still takes effect. But if he should restrain her on the day that he hears about these vows, that she accepted on herself, I don't know, not to, not to wear heels, or not to, not, to, not to eat steak, whatever it is, and he says, no, no, my wife got to eat steak. He doesn't like that. He has the power to say, um, to, to annul that during uh, on the day that he hears about it. She says she's going vegan, and he says, Nah, my wife, no, go vegan. No way. That's it. No. But I made another, I made a promise. Uh-uh. But on the, on, the, on the day, so what if, what if she says, No, so if he, so on the day that we're gonna say in a second, a deal. Once, um, So to answer your question, it goes based on the day that the husband, that the father or the husband heard that this was done. Meaning, let's say she, she didn't tell anybody about it for a few days, and, the day, and then one day she comes and says, you know, I kept myself to be vegan. That's the day. Until sundown of that day, not 24 hours, until sundown of that day, he has time to say, I don't want to, it has no effect. Yeah. <laughs> So if she's smart and she goes and she does it like two minutes before sundown, she has uh, 30 <laughs> seconds to decide, yes or no. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. Let's go to page nine eighteen. Ela Mase Bene Israel Ashayotsumitsraim, these are the journeys of the children of Israel who went forth from the land of Egypt. Litsivoisam according to their legions. Biyad Moishev Aaron under the hand of Moish Aaron. Here the Torah is gonna go through the whole journey that Kal Israel went. And um, our journey coming out of Mitzrayim on the way to Eretz Yisrael. So look at this Rashi. Beautiful Rashi, the first Rashi. Eile Masei. What is the Torah teaching us by telling us that all this whole journey? Okay, very nice. A whole itinerary. A whole piece. Just that in it, back and forth. We, we, we came from here, came from there. Why was this written? This is to teach, tell us the, the kindness of HaKadosh Baruch Even though there was a decree that we must wander in the desert. Still, HaKadosh Baruch didn't make it in a way I think there's a diagram in the back, no? There's a diagram of all the... There's a diagram in the back of all the... the journeys of Paul Israel. 1351. 1351. Here we go, the journey through 
came out of Mitzrayim. Sukkos, Eson, Piachiros, Mora, and the whole thing until we got a beautiful, beautiful map. Beautiful map. They even tell you where we had a war. You, look, you see where it says the Caesar bombs? The map is like an explosion. That's where there was a war. Okay. So lo yisoyma she hoyu noim umetultolim mimasa lemasa kol arboim shonu lo yislamanucha. It's not to say that okay, we uh, there was a decree that we should be we shouldn't be settled. We should be going back and going here and there. But still, it wasn't done in a way that we had we have no respite at all. It was all all you have over here. Forty years, you have only forty two. Um, 40, 42, journey, 42 trips. Now, and same am Yudalach Shukulam Hayibushan Rishan Akaydum Gzeira. Fourteen of the of these forty-two were all in the first year before the decree to be in the middle of forty years. So forty-two minus fourteen, you had some years that you were in the same place for a full year. Because from the the went away, the spies went out of Rosma. Only over here, so we were we were in one place for quite a while. There were another eight that were after Aaron passed away. That was in the fortieth year. For 38 years, we had only 10 trips. It means there was some sort of... Even though we had to be... There was a decree of, of exile, a decree of, go, of of not being settled, but even there, HaKadosh Baruch was still, with His mercy, didn't torture us. There was, yeah, there was a decree. We... we uh, we didn't say we didn't stay in the same place for forty years, but still there were times that were more that were relatively stable. Right? We stayed in the same place, we established, and then we had to move. But it wasn't in a, in a, in a, a torturous way. Zemi Yisodesh l'Ramoyish Adash Rabbi Tenchuma Dorsh by Dorsh Acheres Moshe l'Rabbi the Medrash Tenchuma gives a, um, another lesson over here. Moshe l'Melech Shaya Benoy Chayla an example he brings a. A parable of a king who had a sick child, and he brought him to a, a far place to cure him. When they were going back after the child was healed, he started counting all the uh, every place that they passed. Meaning to say, it's a tremendous, a different perspective. The reason that we're mentioning everything that we're that all, all these um, places is Hakadosh Baruch Hu, as a loving father, counting. You know, when you when you look at your child's you know, the, the growing up album, right? This is when he started to smile. This is when he started to to talk, and this is when he started to walk and to crawl and to throw things and to break things and then to fix them. You know, and then and all this type of stuff. It's a you look at it extremely lovingly because this is my beloved child. This is every time that he developed. Every massa, every every journey that we took, developed us as a as a nation more and better. It was it was an opportunity for growth, and it was a tremendous milestone. So Hakadosh Baruch Hu counts this and say, "Look, this is where you matured in this way. This is where you grew in this way. This is where you got this. This is where you gained this lesson." It wasn't always pleasant. It was maybe sometimes painful, but this is where you achieved this level. And every level that we achieve is precious by Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Even though it may take a while until we reach our destination, but every milestone is 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 beyond precious for Hashem, and that's what we say when we make a siyum. We say Onu Amelam Hey Mamelam, Onu Amelam Makabam Zchar Hey Mamelam Enu Makabam Zchar. In reference to us and the nations of the world, their um, recognition depends on the result that they give. In the world, right, it's all about results, results, results. Nobody really values effort too much. They only value the effort if you have a good result. But by us, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, when he looks at us, he values the effort. 
Even if there's no result necessarily from that effort. The effort itself is in and of itself a result. We have a challenge, right? And we try to fight it. And we, we hold on, we hold on, we hold on, we hold on. And whether or not we succeed or we don't, but every time we held back from doing something we shouldn't, every time we... Even if maybe later we fell through. Fell through, no good. But the, the, every time that we held back again is a new milestone. And it's beyond precious Takadish Baruch. We have to keep that in mind. He says we never give up. Because we, we fall down and we get up again. We fall down and we get up again. Why? Because Akadish Baruch never gave up on us. So we can't give up on ourselves. And that's the Masay B'nai Yisrael. Masay, there was, yeah, there's some, sometimes which are, there are times in our life which are more stable. There are times in our life where we, where, we, where we feel like the ground is being pulled away from the bottom under our feet. But all through that, that's all a journey. That's all a journey that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is going with us, never leaving us alone for a second. And looking back, each and every one of that is a tremendous milestone. HaKadosh Baruch Hu looks at it with such love and admiration. Unbelievable lesson. Incredible. So that's what we learned from this um, tale, if, I'm, if we may call it that way, of our journey through the wilderness. Let's take a look at the Haftarah. This week, this is the this is the uh, the haftarah of, of the Gimel de Pranusa, the three weeks of where we get Musr, we get now wax, we get reminded that wake up and do tshuva before to avoid to avoid a disaster. That's what we said last week already. That you know, and we spoke about this on Shabbos as well. That you know the, these haftarahs are not there to tell us that we're doomed. They're there to tell us wake up before you're doomed. And, and um, you know, we shouldn't take for granted that we have to start living with the reality that this Tishabov may be a happy day. We have the power to affect that. It's possible. At least to start living with a different mindset. It takes time to, to change our mindset. But we go, oh, okay, three weeks, nine days. We could eat meat, we can eat meat, we could take a haircut, we can't take a haircut, we could take a shower, we can't take a shower, whatever it is. How do we take a shower? Just the head, just the hands, head and hands and feet. All the different halachas that apply to that. But it shouldn't become routine. Why do we do that? Do we do that because we're missing the besamigdash? We're, we're, we're missing something. So instead of saying, okay, this is, the, this is my reality, we have to leave the slave mentality and live with the mentality of a free man, of a free person. That this is just temporary. And every single day I'm going to try my best to get out of this reality. And to prepare. To prepare. Right, how do we prepare? Have something. Buy a tie. Or a dress or something. Put it away. Oh, this is for Mashiach. Get ready for Shabbos. I'm getting ready to greet Mashiach. And little by little it becomes part of us. It becomes real. So here the, the, the Navi is telling us right, the, the point the point of Musr, the point whenever HaKadosh, the Torah when we have when we have Musr, when we have HaKadosh Baruch Hu, telling us something that we, we did wrong and something we have to fix up when the Naviim come and tell us you've been doing something wrong, fix yourself up. It's not to put us, okay, you, you're a bad guy. No, HaKadosh Baruch Hu believes in us to the extent that we've made a mistake and he believes that in us to, to, to leave those ways and, and fix things up if he believes in us, we have to believe in ourselves. We have to get to work to fix whatever was broken. So says the Novi, the Novi Yirmiya. Tells us the following. Shimu dvar Hashem beis Yaakov. V'chol mishpachos beis Yisrael. Hear the word of Hashem, O house of Yaakov, and all the families of the house of Israel. Koyamar Hashem. Thus said Hashem. Ma motzu avoyseichem bi'ovel. 
What did your forefathers find in me? This is a conversation. Hakadosh Baruch is having with Klal Yisrael. Find in me that is a wrong. That they distanced themselves from me. That they went after nothingness and they have turned into nothingness. And they, but they did not say, Where is Hashem who brought us up from the land of Egypt? Who brought us, uh, who, who led us in the wilderness? In a land of plain and pit. In a land of waste and the shadow of death. In a land through which no man has passed and where no man has settled. Yet I brought you to a fruitful land to eat its fruit and, and its goodness. But when you came, you contaminated my land and made my heritage into an abomination. The Kahanim did not say, Where is Hashem? Even those charged with teaching the Torah did not know me. The shepherd kings rebelled against me, and the prophets prophesied in the name of the Baal idols, and they went after that which cannot avail. Therefore, I will again contend with you, the word of Hashem, and with your children's children, I will I contend. Traverse the isles of Kiddies and and see sent forth unto Kedar and consider deeply and see whether there has occurred such as this. Has a nation exchanged its gods through though they they be not gods? Yet my people has exchanged its glory for that which cannot avail. Mourn, O heavens, over this. Rage forth in storm. Send forth great devastation. The word of Hashem. For my people has perpetrated two evils. Oisi ozvu. Makar mayim chayim. For my, um, me they have forsaken the source of living waters to dig for themselves cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. Is Israel a slave? Is he born to a housemaid? Why has he become prey? All of Yishagu Kefirim, Nas Nukoylam Vayashisu Arts of the Shama, or of Nitzesu Mibli Yoshe. Young lions have roared at him, they have given out their voice, they have laid his land waste, devastated his cities without inhabitant. Gambere Noif, the Sachpanches Yir Uchkot Koid. Even the people of Noif and Sachpanches, they smash your skull. Haloizois Tasaloch, Ozvechas Hashem Alekayach. Is this not what you do to yourself by forsaking Hashem, your God, when He leads you on this, on the way? And now what is there for you on the road to Egypt to drink the water of Shechor? And what is there for you on the road to Assyria to drink the water of, of the Euphrates River? Your evil shall castigate you, your waywardness shall chasten you. No one see that the evil is bitter, that the, that, that evil and bitter is your forsaking of Hashem, your God, and that awe of me was not upon you, the word of my Lord, Hashem, Alekim, Master of Legions.
we'll skip to the end. We said every, each one of these afters, this is very, very strong, strong words over here. Extremely strong. This is a, this is a conversation. Right? Imagine a father talking to his child. Right? A father takes care of his child from the minute he's born. A parent, a mother, a father. From the minute the child is born, they take care of the child. They talk to the child. They, they give whatever the, the child, whatever, they, whatever the child needs. And then comes a time when the child says, I know better. I don't need you. And starts rebelling. Right? The child, father lovingly takes the child to the side and says, what, what have I done wrong? What's your problem? What's going on? What, what, what went wrong over here? What are we missing? I fed you. I took care of you. I protected you. When he had nobody... Yeah, a baby's born in the world, nobody doesn't have a, no followers on Instagram yet, no followers here, none of that. Just a baby. Then he grows up and he gets those followers, whatever, and he thinks that those followers are going to protect him. And that life is going to protect him. We don't, he doesn't understand. His parents are going to protect him. When something bad's going to happen, God forbid, or when something, anything happens, who's going to be the one that's going to be cheering him on? Not the followers on Instagram. They'll tweet on Twitter. But they're not going to come take care of him. They're not going to... Who's going to be by his side? His parents. People closest to him. How often do we turn away? We have everything in our own backyard. We have support. We have love. Everything that we need. And for some reason, the grass on the other side is so green. And we go to the other side and we realize that over there we have nothing and really, we left everything. I've said the story in the past. It's a terribly scary thing. There was a guy, a couple, they got divorced, unfortunately. And for whatever reason, and um, I heard this from the person who saw the story, who saw it happen. And one Shabbos, this, the, the man was by a mutual friend of him and his ex-wife. They were looking through an album, and he sees family pictures and he says, who is that lady? Wow, beautiful, beautiful. What a... She looks like such a good person. Beautiful, amazing looking. Look at him like he's crazy. He said, that's your ex-wife. He said, oh. Ay, 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 ay. Huh? And if you start, and he starts thinking, what was really the... Pro- was it really that bad? Could I really not have worked it out? How silly and foolish. Meanwhile, she may have remarried already. Who knows? I don't know. She did it, she didn't. That's what this broker was telling us. I give you everything. I took you out of Mitzrayim. Again, look at this. I took you through a, through a, a, a place where no one lives and no one was ever there. Which is dangerous. Because the Bible protected us from the sun, from the elements, from people that are with all the nations trying to hurt us and, and destroy us. Because the took he sustained us all these years. He brought us to a land. He gave us a home. And instead of beautifying the home, we destroyed the home. Why? What went wrong? What were you? What were you missing? So you had to give up all of that, all of that glory from being on top of the world? For what? Because the other side looked a little bit more glitzy? You're not going to gain from that. You're only going to lose. They'll turn against you. When your money not green no more and your wine don't taste good. That's all. That's what it's all about. Don't get fooled. By that pleasantness. Spare me from when from Esav when he's acting like a brother and when he's acting like an enemy because they're both dangerous. The same thing. Huh? The same thing. Not the same thing. Ochi is when you know when they're all politically correct and they bring us in. And, uh, Esav is when is when they're coming with at us with guns and knives and spears. But both of them are dangerous because when we get close. 
and we start assimilating. See, the question, really, the question is, why are we always looking for something else? Because our eyes are interested. Fine. So we take that and we, we utilize that for the proper things and and and, and enhance our relationship with Hakadosh Baruch But he's asking, what what are you missing, baby? I gave you everything. What's wrong? And, and and just to put this into perspective, I think we could learn that this way. This is not Hakadosh um, uh, Baruch Hu saying in a in like in an angry way, more in a painful way. It hurts. It causes pain. I love you. I want you. We're near me. I want you with me. Where'd you go? You think this guy's gonna take care of you? Taking care of you as long as he uh, very, very common example. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's quite common in, in, in Israel and other places. Israel, the word they work very hard with it. Right? Yeah, sometimes girls from going through whatever painful experiences they've gone through, and they're hanging out somewhere on the street, and they meet a they meet a an Arab guy an Arab guy from somewhere in East Jerusalem or Ramallah whatever he's from from the PA and um, and this happens not just with Arabs it happens with um, it happens in, in it happens here it happens in in all vulnerable situations when people are vulnerable you always have somebody who's going to take advantage of that vulnerability so they come and they they sing them praises how beautiful they are, how smart they are. How, these are things that, unfortunately, they've never heard at home. At home, they heard that they're ugly and that they're stupid and that they're all that. So they go they go look for it somewhere else. Uh-huh. They go look for it somewhere else. And they find that this guy is giving them gifts. And he's giving them whatever they want. And they get, they get driven around in this beautiful car. And they have a good life. Huh? Whatever. And then he says... Let's get married. I said, sure. And the day after the wedding is when the when when the fun is over. That's it. She says, property. That's it. And then to get her out is a whole military operation. Yad Lachem and Ertishol deals with this constantly. It's a whole thing. To get her out of there. And wh- wh- why did you go there? Huh? There's so much problem with it. Why do it in the first place? Do what? Overlap with idiotic people. What do you mean? Because they're, they're looking for love. They're looking for some sort of recognition. Family love is the best love. Who? They're not getting it in the family. They're not getting it. But here, but here, we are getting it. Because the Shmuel is giving us love all the time. Because the Shmuel is taking care of us. We have to just open our eyes and see it. Sometimes, we can be in a situation where. We have everything. Right? You have a husband and wife, a, a parent and a child is at home. They're getting everything that they need, but they have the wrong glasses on. The glasses are splattered with milk or mud or whatever it is. So every good thing that they're getting, every good thing that they're getting, they're perceiving as negative. And that's what Rokhodesh Baruch was asking. The father is asking us, what happened? Where you go? I'll take care of you. Was it the problem? Why did you go there? You lost. Look what's going on. Look where you are. It hurts me to see you that way. I tried. Hold on. Don't don't wake up before it's too late. And after ends off. Im toshuv Yisrael neum Hashem elai toshuv im toshuv shikutzechem ipanei v'leisonud v'nishbato chay Hashem be'emes b'mishuv v'tudak v'es baruchu b'goyim v'es alalu. We always the haftarah always ends off with a, with a comforting statement. Yeah, we we messed up, we messed up bad, but Hakadosh Baruch Hu always reminds us, "I'm I'm here for you. I never left you. Let go of all this dirt. Let go of all this garbage, and come and enjoy that relationship that that I so crave to have with you." So let's heed the call and let's wake up. And let's make this Tishabov a Yamtiv forever and ever. And it says that the, when we're gonna, when Mashiach is going to come, the Geula of Mitzrayim, the redemption that we had from Mitzrayim is going to pale 
All those miracles will pale in comparison to the miracles that we'll see when Mashiach will come. So we're going to go... Ketzad mevorchan al aperes the Mishnah in brachas daf lamahayim and alef al aperes elon. Which brachas do we make on on food? Al aperes elon on on fruits, right? On something comes from a tree. Who oimer bari priya eats? Chutz min ayayin except wine. Shal ayayin who oimer bari priya gofen. Val aperes aorets and on fruits that grow from the ground. What meaning? Um, produce that comes from the ground, not from a tree. He says, except for bread, because on bread we say, for and vegetables. He who creates many different types of grass. The to- how do we know we know this from the Tanur Rabbanon? Koidah Shilulim Lashem Melamet Shetuunim Bracha Lefnei Malachareim Koidah Shilulim Lashem Ubashona Horavis. The pasuk says in VaYikra, he called period all of his fruit should be sanctified. Koidah Shilulim praise Rakadosh Baruch. From here we learn that you need to make a bracha before and after. Amr Rabbi Akiva. It's forbidden for someone to taste anything until he makes a blessing. You needed it for this? I think we, I thought we need the pasuk for something else. I thought it was referring to hektish that we need to redeem it from 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 hektish. How do you learn from here that it's uh, I need to make a bracha before and after? The Gemara goes to, we'll go on to discuss um, where we learn, how we learn, which psukum we learn from, that we, we need to say a bracha before and after. But this concept is true, and it's, it's important to remember and to keep in mind that um, whatever we have is given to us as a gift. It's given to when we have when we get a piece of food, when we get a good sandwich, when we get a good piece of steak, that's a Kodesh Baruch giving us a mission. That's a Kodesh Baruch telling us, I'm giving you a mission. I'm giving this. I'm giving this to you because of the mission that I've entrusted you. I'm giving you a good, good food. For what? Realize where it came from. Come close to me. Make a difference in the world. Be a light unto the world. Take this beautiful, tasty, colorful thing, and take that happiness that comes with it, and, and give and pass it on further. Realize we make a bracha before. We make a bracha, realize that it's not yours. Who gave it to us, he gave it to us for a purpose. And that's again an expression of his love and admiration and, 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 and regard for each and every one of us. Besides that, it's also showering us with goodness. And as we said before, with the pro- we should have the proper glasses. When we have a good piece of food, a good piece of steak, a good salad, a good, a good yogurt, a good ice cream, a good something, to perceive it not as something for granted. But that's the we're surrounded by goodness. Hakadosh Baruch Hu showering us with goodness, showering us with more, showering us with it. just because. That also exactly just just because. Why? I love you. That's why. So the halacha we're holding in the beginning of the Kitzur Chanor Simon. Simon Aleph, 
Simon Aleph, Sivov. Actually, no, we're holding before. Sivdalev, sorry. When we realize that we're always in the presence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, when we realize that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the one giving us life, and, give, and, and who has, he is sustaining us, we're always in His presence. So when we wake up, again with that same sense of mission, jump out of bed. And not to wait around. And he continues, how do we, um, how, how do you ensure a good morning? You ensure a good morning with a good night. And Mefshel al-Hashkin, Velochem HaChatzaz Alayla, talks about the, the uh, high regard of, of waking up at Chatzos, to say Tikkun Chatzos, to mourn for the Bezam English, and to learn until until Aloysa Shachar, when we daven. But the point over here is not that, we, that we, we should be waiting, waiting excitedly for the opportunity to daven to Hashem, for the opportunity to serve Hashem in a new day. So a person can't do chatzos, he can't wake up at midnight, because usually he's maybe not even sleeping then, but at least to wake up a little bit earlier, that it should, we shouldn't be just rolling into shul, we shouldn't just be rolling into it. We should wake up a little earlier beforehand, and show that we're we're waiting for it, like you're waiting for an important guest, you're waiting for someone, you're waiting for an important opportunity, you don't come just on time, you come a little bit early, and that, and that shows respect, and that shows that puts an us in ourselves, as, as we said before, when we do a, an action, it gives us, a, a, a puts us, puts it develops in us a regard and a respect and a love to whatever it is that we're doing. We should be careful to psuk him, even if we know them well, to be careful not to say them by heart. Many times there are different tefillahs that you have a not part of the regular, not Shmanesri, not, but other different tefillahs that end off, people end off with the name of Hashem. See, he, the, in the name of the tour, said it's better in those situations just to say, Boruch blessed is, blessed is the one who listens to, to davening without saying the Shem Hashem. So just a thought. In this week's parasha, we say, in the, of the Nadarim. So it says that these are the laws that exist between a, a husband and a wife. So it's, a, it's a, an opening, a little bit of a, a lesson on, on Shalom Bayes. That there is a way, that there is a way to be in a family, the way to be between a husband and a wife. I want to share with you a beautiful story. So everyone knows who Rabbi, or has heard of, I'm sure, Rabbi Abraham J. Tversky, His father came from Europe. They came from, I'm not sure which city. They came to, they ended up in, in New York, Chicago, then they finally ended up in Milwaukee, which is where this family settled till today. He came with his wife, who was the daughter, Twer, the, the, that family, the Tversky family, they're related, they're not, they're not, from, they're not the Skvera Tversky, they're related to Bobbitt. Um He was the harness stack of the Rebbe. And he came to settled in Milwaukee. He was very, very well, well respected. People realized a holy man, a wise man, and you have even judges, secular judges, that they would bring him cases for review because they realized that this was someone who who knew. So one one day he said he, he had a, he had a vision. He had his father and uh, it was his father, his grandfather, and then someone who didn't tzaddikim each and every one of them. Who, and then someone else he didn't know, and they told him, don't worry, it's going to be like passing from one room to the next. He didn't realize what it was, but he felt that this is a message that his time in this world is coming to an end. And a short while later, he felt no good, and he was diagnosed with, with, uh, with an illness. And it was very, it was an advanced stage, and it was very, very, it wasn't, it wasn't a good situation. And the doctor gave him an option of chemotherapy. And he called in his son, Rabbi Abraham J. Tversky, who was a medical doctor as well. Tremendous Talmud Chacham. And he said, it's not really going to have much of an effect, right? So why should I go through it? It's just going to make me weaker. So, his son confirmed, he said, you're right. It's not going to do much. Not going to... 
So he said, okay, so I'm going to tell the doctor that I don't want the chemotherapy. Just leave it alone. Meanwhile, his wife was outside talking to the doctor, and the doctor was saying, was telling his wife that the chemotherapy can buy him some time. Get him a little bit longer. His wife walks into the room, and she said, I want you to do chemotherapy. Without missing a heartbeat, he told the doctor, you go ahead with the chemotherapy. His son says, you just consulted me. You said you don't want to do it. What happened? He says, your mother was told that it's going to help. If I'm not going to go with it, She's going to beat herself up for the rest of her life saying, I should have insisted, I should have insisted, maybe he would have lived, lived a little bit longer. I don't want to live with that guilt. Such a sensitivity. To go through pain, to go through weakness, to go through agony. What is that? That's an appreciation. All these halachas of nadarim, shvuas, husband and wife, husband has this kayak, husband has... Someone in the world will say, this is so primitive, the husband controls the wife, what is this? This is, this is old school, old style. No. When we properly understand the way it was created, the union between a, a man and a woman, we realize it's not one controlling the other. It's a, it's a synchronized effort. It's a synchronized life. And when we appreciate that, we appreciate the nuances of what it means a family, what it means a family life, what it means that connection between a husband and a wife, between parents and children, the sanctity of it, we have a whole new, it's a whole it's a whole different view. It's it's, a, it's uplifting, lightning. It's beautiful, and you see you see to to what extent people how they respected each other, how they loved each other. They, to prevent that pain, to prevent that guilt, even a little bit, he did whatever he was able to do, even if he was going through pain himself. That's selflessness. That's love. Thank you very much for your attention. Have a wonderful week, a wonderful day. Thank you all for coming. All the best.